Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Aloha, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm Christine Heath, out here on the Big Island in Hawaii, and I am so grateful to be able to be doing this podcast with my bestest friend and bestest colleague. (laughs) Thank you, and I'm I'm Judy Sedgman, and I'm honored by Chris's kind words, but um, it's very mutual. So... And I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, we can see each other on this recording, so it's fun to work together, see, see the smiles. So today we thought we'd talk about the difference um, in looking at human beings as simple and looking at them as complex. And one of the things that people frequently say when they start to see how the principles work in them is that it can't be that simple. <laughs> and I'll tell you, that's a common response for, for professionals. Like, oh, pff, I've spent six years of my life studying this. How can you say it could be that simple? Um, but you start to see that when, you, when you're looking at human beings and how they create their experience, it is very simple. What they create can be very complex and be very um, intricate and very different. So what people create through thought is a totally different topic than understanding that, understanding how they create it, right? So one of the things that you'll notice, like, oh, sometimes I get these college students in as uh, students, right? And they're so trained to get into the minutia and get into all the details and they're like, Whoa, 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 way too complicated, you know, because my, my brain just shuts off. At overly <laughs> complicated. Uh, it's never been my strong suit. Probably one of the reasons I was even open to seeing this. But, um, you know, it's like there's so much detail um, that is a little bit like talking around things because you, it's like when you don't see that the elephant's in the middle of the room, then it's like you got to look at how things are coming off the walls and doors are being crashed, and you don't see that it's the elephant in the middle of the room that's causing it. So you're focused on the wrecking and what happens as a result of it rather than looking at how it works. So the more complicated people get um, when they're looking at how to help somebody, the more complicated people get in just thinking about their lives and doing things, the more you can feel, the more the feeling changes. Like, like Judy and I are on a board together and, and sometimes we get in the details. We call it, we're, we're in the details and you can feel it because the feeling of the whole conversation changes. Like when we're all in a really good state of mind and we all understand how to keep ourselves there and we're doing great, we can be quite, um, uh, creative and uh, really handle a lot in a short amount of time and 
really come up with things that help to change the world. When we're not, we get caught up in the details and we can go on and on and on about something that really has nothing to do with us or is we're limited in terms of our ability to, to handle. And that's true with every, if you've ever been to a board meeting or if you've been to a meeting for in your company and people get so caught up in the details, it's like boring. I mean, who wants to go to the meeting, right? Nobody wants to go to those meetings because there's no <laughs> life to them. There's no excitement to it. And, and that's a little bit like what happens when you analyze yourself too much. You're into all the details and the feeling is gone. It just, you just lose it. Wow, that's that's a that's a great example though because it's like having a meeting with your own negative thinking. <laughs> it's kind of like, there's two of you there. There's your, you know you and and the thoughts that you're going over and over in your mind. But um, I, you know, it's I think that that simplicity frightens people because uh, especially educated people because they've spent so many years learning so many facts and so many details and so many complex things. But I've learned a lot from observing my, my daughter because my daughter is a statistician and, and statistics is a very, uh, to me, it's kind of an arcane and very complicated subject to her. It's not, I mean, she sees it. She, somebody comes to her with a, with a question and a research problem that's going to be researched, and she knows exactly what methodology will fit it. She just knows. She's, she says, okay, th- th- here's, how, here's the simplest way to approach that. And she comes up with these really creative ways to statistically analyze what needs to be analyzed in a way that can be explained to people so they don't feel like they're being talked down to or they can't understand it. And I think that's a gift, you know, and, and, and she said, well, I wasn't always that way. She said, when I started out in statistics, I was like everybody else. I would go, oh my God, this is too hard. It's too complicated. There's too many rules. There's too much of this. There's too much of that. And she said, the one thing that I've learned, you know, from spending time around you is to look for the principle, not the detail." And so when now, when somebody presents a problem, I go to the essence, I go to what's the underlying thought, what's the underlying situation, what is the one thing that we need to see in order to see how this is happening. And she said, once I started doing that, it all fell into place. Now, it hasn't fallen into place for me. I don't understand half of what she's doing, but she understands it. And when she explains it, when she finishes a project and explains it, it's perfectly clear. You know, so I think that that's one of the things that we forget. I know Sid Banks, one of his famous uh, quotes that people always say is, you know, in simplicity lies complexity. And the point is, when you see the simplicity, then the complexity grows out of it in a way that's understandable. But if you're looking at the complexity, you can't find the simplicity. And, um, And that's the same thing with human behavior. And the one thing that learning the principles did for me is that she explained everything. You know, I would say to myself sometimes, I, you know, like if something would happen in my business with a client or something, and I'd think, how could that person be so stupid? And why would they, you know, the last time we had this conversation, they didn't go there. And, you know, why are they doing that? Why are they all of a sudden all caught up in this issue and blah, 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 blah. And it made no sense to me. And as soon as I understood the principles, I thought, oh, it was a bad time to bring that up because I could tell that he was not in a very good state of mind and he wasn't thinking clearly. 
you know, so that's why I did it. It wasn't a no, no reasons out there, not the way I said it or the way, you know, something had happened at lunch or whatever. It wasn't any of those external things. It's like people can't think as clearly in certain states of mind as they can in others. And in that level of simplicity, a lot of complex human behaviors make sense. You know, I got a great example of that. Um, one of my clients um, once was uh, really having this is like back in the nineties and he was having lots of trouble. He was referred to our, um, one of our programs for, for treatment. And he'd been in the state hospital and um, he had uh, gone to court and kind of would rant at the judge and the judge sent him to the state hospital. So he goes to the state hospital and he stays there and they, they t- talk him into giving him some medication, which he puts in his mouth but doesn't actually take. And then um, after a week, they told him, oh, okay, you're much better now. You can go home. And he said, you know, I never did take that medication, but they thought I was better, so I went home. And so he got he got set up, but the judge is not convinced yet that he's, like, out of um, the uh, <laughs> a range of dangerousness in his mind because he he'd get pretty uh, – reactive and ranty. He didn't really hurt anybody. He was ranting. And um, so I I was talking to him and I I said to him, I said, so um, tell me what's going on. You could barely talk to him. He'd go off on a rant, right? So I finally slowed him down, slowed him down. And he um, said, you know, um, uh, it's just that there's a lot of dark things going on out there, Chris. There's a lot of, there's a lot of dark things. I know this because I can hear people. I hear people talking. And I said, let me get this straight. You hear people talking outside of you, outside your house, uh, your apartment building. I mean, where are these people? He said, no, no, there's not people there. He said, but I hear them in my head. I said, oh, 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 okay. And I said, so I said to him, I said, you know, now these people that you hear in your head, that's where you're hearing all this dark stuff. Yeah. It's a voodoo and all kinds of, I said, okay. I said, well, why are you listening to it? And, and he said, well, what do you mean? Why am I listening to it? It's in my head. I said, yeah, but they're not your thoughts. So what do you care? <laughs> he said, they're, they're not my thoughts. I said, no, you're listening to somebody else's thoughts, right? Isn't that what you're telling me? There's somebody else's thoughts. He goes, yeah, there's somebody else's thoughts. I said, well, then stop listening to them. You know, and it's like at that point, that was as much as he could hear, but it was enough to get him stuck off of that thinking. Now, obviously he wasn't hearing other people's thoughts. There weren't even anybody else there. He was just tapping into his own thinking that was coming through that didn't look like it was him, right? What, to me, that's the good news. Didn't look like it was me. Looks like it's somebody else in my head, right? So that's, a, to me, that's like good news because you're not going to act on it so much. So it's kind of interesting how he went to all these therapists and they got into all the complexity of what he thought and where he thought and blah, 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 blah. blah. And he got more upset and more upset. And it just took listening, listening and understanding how it's simple. Then I could see what, how he was being tricked by his own thinking and he didn't know it. Mm -hmm. And now that's the way out. Now it's going to take a while right? Because he's pretty attached to it. But it's like the more he sees how thought works, like I can tell in, in he's in a group I, that I was doing, I could tell that as he was in this group, 
he would lighten up. He would start to laugh more. And when he'd go off on, oh, these people are thinking this, I'd say, oh, 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 don't, let's not go there. Oh, okay, Chris. And he'd sit back, you know, and, and eventually he was able to get a visitation with his son and get back with his, um, uh, get out of the court system, which was good because he could started to see that those thoughts weren't his. And then as he didn't pay attention to them, they went away. That's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great story. And I, and I love that because it's kind of emblematic of what happens with, with everybody once they start to see this simplicity of just we're making it up and it looks real to us. It's kind of like how our life goes. We're making it up and then be, think of the power to think and the energy of mind allows us to make up anything, infinite, infinite number of thoughts. As soon as we bring a thought to mind, consciousness gets to work and says, oh, let's make it look real. And so it looks real. Now, that's simple as it gets. You know, we're making it up. It looks real. We make up something else. It looks real. And it's really, it's, 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 it's fascinating to me that that, that simple idea explains the entire universe of human behavior. Because whatever looks real to us, if we don't know that we're making it up and we don't know that it's our, our ability to make things up and then make up other things, if we don't like the things we're making up, is uh, what sets us free, that we're, that we're in control, that we're driving this ship. And so all these people say, oh, I feel out of control. You know, my life is a mess and it's, everything's falling apart around me. And to see, all of that is just uh, what they're saying is, the way I'm thinking about life right now, it looks terrible to me. Mm-hmm. But it's not a statement about their life. It's a statement about their thinking. Yeah. And that's the simplicity of it. And when people say it can't be that simple, it has to be that simple because otherwise people would never change and life would be in charge. And if life, things were going bad, everybody would be upset. But, you know, you know, so- you, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just, one last thing I was going to say, you, you can see it on the news every day when they report on an event and they interview four people and they all have a completely different reaction to it. The event, the event didn't create the reaction. It gave them something to think about and their thinking created the reaction. That's right. You know, I've got a, um, a, a person I'm working with right now and he um, did... Uh, he was in jail for like 13, 15 years, I forget. And I mean, he's not that old now. So he probably went in when he was a very young man and he's uh, in a halfway house and he is out and he really doesn't want to go back to prison. It was, it was very traumatic for him. And he, um, he came to group and I mean, he'd be the least likely person you'd think would get this. Just, just two guys, but him in particular, he just like, he just started listening and he was listening. And one day he said, Oh my gosh, it's so simple. My mind <laughs> tricking me all this time. And he didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Like he looked at his life of crime and what happened. He said, all of us in this group, all of us, our minds have tricked us. And that's how we got here. That's amazing. You know, like that's a, 
that's a pretty big insight and it wasn't an intellectual insight. So it didn't come from, from the complexity of understanding why he had, you know, sociopathic behavior and ended up in prison. It, it was like what, what happened to him as a child or, you know, what all the possible reasons why we are the way we are. Mm-hmm. It's like came when he had an insight and he saw the simplic- simplicity of how it works. And that's what insight is, is it takes us from the complex to the simple. To the simple. And it becomes like, oh, but the simple is simple, but it's profound. Mm-hmm. That's what's different. The profound nature of this is in the simplicity. That's that's beautiful. Earlier earlier today, I went to a, there's a big art art fair going on in Pittsburgh this week, and my son in law is an artist, and my daughter's out of town. She's visiting her family in Florida, and um, so I, my son in law, I, I, you know, we get together every day for a little while just because we're both alone. <laughs> it's more fun to have somebody to talk to for a while and I just adore him. And so now there's this art show. So we went down and walked around and looked at some of the art. And of course he always gets in a conversation with the artist because he's an artist. So we're looking at this one booth where they had, this guy had the most beautiful pottery pieces and they were very fragile looking and they were hollow, they were hollow pieces. And then there were little like filigreed holes cut in them. And then there'd be a larger opening where there would be something like a very delicate tree with blossoms on it, just sort of spreading through the opening. But there were, you know, a lot like a tree in space, like there was really space. And we're looking at that going And Conrad, who just made uh, pottery himself, said to the guy, he's, how do you get that done without it breaking? And the guy said, you know, told him the process to get to the point where he had the lump that was going to become the tree you know, in the space. And then he would, he said, I begin to etch it out with a, um, a little knife and I just keep going until I get the tree. And Conrad says, Oh my God, you could break it with every stroke. And he said, yeah, I could, but I don't. Wow. And Conrad said, how does that work? And he said, you know what? I, I don't think about breaking it. He said, I know I can do it. I know that I have to be careful. And I know what I, I see in my mind, what I'm trying to create. And I very carefully just take one step at a time. One cut at a time. I don't think about, oh, if I, you know, if I cut this branch, it's gone. Just do what my, what my mind tells me to do. And he said, it's almost like meditating. So, you know, we, we get out of there and Conrad says, you should have taken a picture of this guy. You should have filmed him doing that. You could show it to your groups. And I said, you're right. I should have, but I was so fascinated with, I just forgot, you know, I I could, I could go back there. He's supposed to be there tomorrow. I could go back there and ask him, could I tape him explaining his process? But, um, you know, I think that's something that, that people, when they get really present, they have that simplicity. They see that it, that life is like one little nick at a time, you know, it's one thought at a time and it's each one is just one simple little thought. And we only get confused if we try to think about the whole tree while we're cutting that one branch, that one little leaf. And, and I, I think that that's a big lesson in 
in simplicity too. Well, when you, when you understand the flow of thought and you trust the fact that we have innate health and that when our mind is in the present moment still and we're just taking one thought at a time, that we'll get the thought we need and then we'll get the next one and then we'll get the next one and then we'll get the next one. And it's only when we try to complicate it by thinking about it, getting ahead of ourselves, as they say, or trying to think about too many things at one time, that it starts looking impossible. And then all the details scare the crap out of you because you don't know which ones are the right ones. So then you have to think more about it. That's right. You know, I think the other thing, too, is that when in, in our in our trying to uh, our quest to find ourselves, we've gotten really caught up in the why. Why am I this way? Why is this happening? Why, why, why? And the more you think about why, the more thinking you're going to do and the more complex things get. Right. But if you turn the other way, instead of looking at why, you think, OK, what do I need to do right here and now to get back to my health? Then the answer gets simple. And then you get vision. You start to see, as you said before, you see what caused it. You see what you need to change. You see it. And it's not an analysis process. It's an insight process. It's an insight. That's a good point. Yeah, I had a client not too long ago who um, was prone to angry outbursts. And she was kind of upset with herself because her husband was in kind of increasingly fragile health. They were older. And she would get angry with him and then be mad at herself for being angry with him because he couldn't help, you know, he couldn't help her as much as he used to when he was feeling better. And, um, and so then she would say something, you know, like, why didn't you do this, this, and this? And then she realized he couldn't, you know, and then she would be, and and she had a hard time. She said, you know, I, I need to talk to somebody to find out where this anger comes from. And what she thought was she started the conversation. She said, you know, my mother was an angry person. And then, um, you know, my father was very compliant and he never criticized her. So I guess maybe I picked it up from her, but then I was always afraid of her. And then she's going in this very complicated story of their family life and our parents are refugees and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know, you could do this for 30 years and you still wouldn't know why you were angry that moment. Because it doesn't matter why you were angry. You had an angry thought and you blurted it out instead of recognizing the feeling that came with it as a warning sign to keep your mouth shut until you calm down. And I said, the only thing you need to know about anger is very simple. You know, when you start feeling angry, zip it (laughs) until you don't feel so angry. Or talk to somebody who doesn't care if you're angry and get it off your chest. But do, you know, don't don't make it worse. And then she said, well, I know, but I have to understand. And why am I so angry? And it was so hard to get through to her at the beginning. It's just because you had an angry thought right then and there. It's not because your mother was angry 50 years ago. (laughs) It's because right now I had an angry thought. I entertained it. I took it seriously and I acted on it. And, and that's so, uh, it's so contrary to what people want to believe, I guess they want to believe they're much more complicated than that. And they're, you know, there's historical roots for everything and everything. But the fact is life happens moment to moment, one thought at a time. That's the deal is that we're just enamored with our details, with our information, with ourselves, you know, the, all the 
details. We just get enamored. And that's why in the 12-step program, they uh, one of the slogans is keep it simple, stupid. And yeah. I can't think of a better way to end this podcast than with that. Right. Keep it simple. Yeah. Yes. And that's not stupid. <laughs> no. that's, that's the wise thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next Love week. Uh, have a great week. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com 